today. God has been so awesome this week. So many things I've just been learning just by reason of preparing for this. God has been teaching me a lot. Today we'll be looking at, uh, the title is God, Our Sufficiency. We can also subtitle it our self-sufficient God, almost the same, the same thing. I believe we all have our outlines. We have some fill in the blanks. And um, as we go on, you can fill in. Amen. Amen. We'll go on to define what sufficiency is. Uh, looked at the KJV dictionary definition says the sufficiency, the state of being adequate to the end proposed. The state of being adequate to the end proposed. The state of being adequate to the end proposed. We could also look at other definitions. We could say qualifications for any purpose Qualification for any purpose. Number two, you can say competence, adequate substance or means. Number one is qualification for any purpose. Number two, competence or adequate substance or means. Number three, supply equals to wants. Supply equals to wants. You could also add ample stock or ample funds. Supply equals to wants. Then number four, can also define sufficiency as ability. And we could also further explain it to mean adequate power. I hope we are together. Okay, so I'll take it again. Number one, qualification for any purpose. Number two, competence, adequate substance or means. Number three, this is where supply equals to wants. Ample stock of funds. Number four, ability, adequate power. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. So, we move on to further define our self-sufficient God. This topic, you know, was just really so overwhelming for me because, I mean, there are so many sides of God, you know, in trying to put it together, I was just, you know, getting to see so many other things, but we're going to walk with the outline and I know that God will bless us and he will teach us something specific that he wants us to understand by understanding his nature as a self-sufficient God. 
so we'll go on. Says God being identified and defined as self-sufficient means he possesses within himself every quality, ability, and supernatural command with never-ending measure. Every attribute of mighty and wonderful power is his endlessly. God wants for nothing. There's nothing that God wants. And he lacks nothing. He is complete in himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Father goes on to say the word of God is absolutely clear about the fact that God is completely self-sufficient and self-sustaining. But we are humans. We are partly sufficient. If we don't get nourishment, I mean, if we're not fasting, if we're not coasting, and if we don't get nourishment, we are not self-sustaining, no. We need nourishment because we are human. If we don't get rest, we will break down. So to speak, we need to recharge our batteries. We need to refuel ourselves. That's what clearly differentiates us. God does not need any refueling. He does not need any recharging. He's God all by himself. He's complete. He's self-sustaining. He's self-sufficient. Praise God. Say so we are only sufficient to the extent that we have outside resources that refuel and replenish the strength that we have. But God is completely sufficient. He never needs to be refueled or recharged. He never needs help from any outside source whatsoever. I'm sure we'll be wondering why we are spending time really trying to understand the sufficiency of this our God. As we go on, we'll, 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 we'll get it clearer, you know. Sometimes we forget and we think that God is man. We think that God can, you know, run out the way we run out. We think that God can just finish. God cannot finish because he did not have a beginning. He does not have an end. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So um, I would like us to, okay. I'll be reading John 5 verse 26. It says, for as the father had life in himself, so had he given to the son to have life in himself. So that means that God has life in himself and he has given the son life also in himself. God himself is self-sustaining and God is self-sufficient. Amen. Isaiah 40 verse 28. I'll read. Have you never heard or understood? Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows faint or weary. 
no one can measure the depths of his understanding. This talks about a God, our everlasting God. He's the creator. He's the one that made everything that we see. And um, the devil has been trying to make the world think that, I mean, we just came out from a big blast, evolution, we came, we transited from apes and all those things. That's what the enemy has been trying to do all these years, but he has not succeeded. God is the creator. He made the heavens. He made the earth. He's the everlasting God. There's no God like him. There's no one that can be compared unto him. God is sufficient in himself. Amen. Okay. All right. So we'll move on. Whatever name we call God, I mean, if we ask everybody here, you have an experience with God and you have a name that you call him. It says, for as many things as you can name, God has a name declaring his ability to fulfill it. You know, we have the almighty God, the El Shaddai. To break down the almighty God, the almighty God, everything about God. He's the omniscient God, the omnipotent. He's the all-knowing God, the almighty God. That is the God we serve. We don't serve a God that is made with hands. We don't serve a God that, that can forget. We don't serve a God that can sleep off on you. We don't serve a God that is hungry. We don't serve a God that, I mean, he says if, we're, if I were hungry, I would have told you. The cattle on the thousand hills belong to him. That is the God that we serve. So now, if God is self-sufficient, so why did he create us? I mean, why did he need to create us if he's all complete in himself? There's one thing we should know. He didn't create us because he was lonely. He didn't create us because he was lonely. Because in um, Genesis 1, he said, let us. That means he was already complete in the Godhead. He said, let us make man. So why did God create us? He said he created us out of his supernatural divine love. You can fill in the blanks there. He created us out of his supernatural divine love. Okay? Praise God. I hope we are together. Are we together? All right. Praise God. Okay. So that's why God created us. We are an expression of God's love, made in his own image, and he breathed his very breath of life into us. Hallelujah. So we can see why God created us. He created us out of his love. We are an expression of God's love. We are an expression of his image. So, I mean, that means he has a purpose. He has such a great purpose for our lives. Then there's also another um, source that also tried to explain why God created us. So I'll just read it. 
and we can fill in the blanks. He said, though he doesn't need us, that is God, he loves us. So we fill in the blank there. And his purpose in creating and redeeming us after the fall is not that we might fill up some lack in him, you now fill in the blank, but that he might fill us up with himself. Amen. He made us empty to be filled with his fullness, thirsty to drink the water of life, weak to receive his strength, foolish to be instructed and corrected by his wisdom. In his love, he longs to give, to share the bounty. I hope we're filling in the blanks. He wants us to experience in finite measure, now fill in the blanks, the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy and blessings that he knows infinitely. All to rebound in the praise and glory of his name. The giver and provider of all the good that we enjoy. Praise God. Praise God. I'm already so excited, you know. I'm already so excited. God has such a great plan for us. And sometimes what we go through kind of distracts us and makes us feel that, ah, does God even know that I'm here? Does God know what I'm going through? God knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly what you're going through. And he has an answer for you. Praise God. So, how has the self-sufficient God revealed himself to man? The self-sufficient El Shaddai, the Almighty, has shown himself to man completely in the New Testament and by the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God with us. He came in the flesh to be all in all. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to read Colossians 1, 15 to 20. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, the things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed. I had a whole series on the beauty of the cross um, um, some weeks ago. We can see that Jesus coming and dying is 
much heavier than we used to think. He came for a purpose. He came for us. He came to redeem us. He came to, to restore us back to where God has positioned us to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, so we'll move on. Um, we're going to be looking at God in different lights, um, 10 biblical illustrations of what it means when we say that God is self-sufficient. God does not need any battery for recharging. He does not need anybody's help. It's, I mean, it's a privilege for us to be serving God. For the mightiness of God, he took, I mean, his time to reveal himself to us through Jesus, and he has called us unto himself. We did not come of our own accord. It's because of his grace. That is why we can serve him. That is why we can be called his own. Number one, God is life. Genesis 2 verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed a man's body from the dust of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life. And the man became a living soul, became a living person. God is life. Jesus also said in John 14, 6a, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is what makes God self-sufficient. Nobody can come and say, I am life. God is life. He's the embodiment of life. Our self-sufficient God requires nothing to give him life. He is the source of life. On the other hand, man requires <laughs> something else. Man does not have life by himself. God breathed life into man. Praise God. Number two, God lives. He's not a dead God. He lives. He's alive. Jeremiah 10 verse 10. God lives. But the Lord is the only true God, the living God. He is the everlasting king. The whole earth trembles at his anger. The nations hide before his wrath. We have a lot of people that are serving a God they can put in their pockets, they can put in their bag, they carry around their God. Our God is alive. He lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three, he says, our God, he is Lord. That would be um, Psalm 16, verse 2. I said to the Lord that you are my master. Um, in further studying this um, verse, the Lord that was used here is um, in the Hebrew form, it says it's Adam, which also means master, ruler, owner. So when you worship God, you see us when we kneel down, some people lie down, some people roll. It's that reverence we are giving him because he is Lord. Everything in us, our core is to serve God. Praise God. Number four, God owns everything. Everything belongs to the Lord. Psalm 24 verse 1, we know that scripture. It says the earth is the Lord and everything in it, 
the world and all its people belong to him. Everything belongs to the Lord. I pray that even as we are taking time to talk about this God that we serve, you know, we'll begin to understand that there are so many things we just need to let go because we have a God that is in control. We have a God that is in charge. We have a God that owns everything. But there's a gap which we're going to find out. Why is it that, you know, it's like we're the ones that are always defeated, we're the ones that are always lost. As we go on, we're going to have a deeper understanding of our God. Amen. Number five, God provides everything. Genesis 21, 14a. Abraham named the place, the Lord will provide. God is our provider. What we have, we only have because God has opened up the way to us to get it. We should never forget that whatever it is, what, anything you can think of that you have, God provided it. While I was praying about this, God was telling me that there are some people that, that you know, boast in themselves that they are self-made. They are self-made this. I'm, I'm a self-made artist. I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm a self-made entrepreneur. A self-made. You know, God is so merciful. Because there are some things that we say, you know, if we, if we, were, if we were God, we would just, you know, okay, you are self-made, Abby. You just put off the person's light. If God decides to put off somebody's light, there's nothing the person can do to put it back on. Everywhere will be dark. So there's nothing like self-made. We are made by God. Whatever it is that we have, whatever it is that we are, God made us. So whatever it is that you think you're holding on to, if not that I, I am I'm sharp, the way I studied there, that's why I passed and I had straight A's. It's not because of anything. It's God that gave it to you. And it's good that you keep acknowledging it. Ah, I'm a self-made this. When you, when you go and see your house, you say, wow, I've worked hard. All these lazy people around me. There's nothing like There's so many people that have worked harder than you that don't even have what you have. So you have to realize that everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that God has provided for you, he's the one that brought it. You are not self-made by any means. Praise God. God provides everything. Number six, God is jealous. Deuteronomy 4, verse 24. The Lord your God is a devouring fire, a jealous God. God is protective of his self-sufficiency. That is what makes God, God. There's no other God that is sufficient in himself. In himself. 
you go to maybe an idol worshiper's place, you see him putting banana, um, Fanta, just putting things there. Our God does not need any such things. He's sufficient in himself. Praise God. Then God is independent. God is independent. We can write down Isaiah 40, 13 to 14. 13 to 14. Okay. Man is totally dependent, but God is independent. I mean, if God decides, I mean, to that all creation will just vanish and cease to exist, it does not change God. If all the animals disappear, all the birds, all the plants, everybody disappears, it does not change who God is. He's independent. He stands alone. Then God gives life, number eight. Job 34, verse 4. For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of God, the Almighty, gives me life. Praise God. Um, John uses the word life 36 times in the Gospel. If you read through um, the Gospel of John, you see life 36 times, more than any other New Testament author. So, and this life that we're talking about is not just the physical life, it's not just the temporal life, but God has the ability to give eternal life. Praise God. Number nine says, God puts to death. Like I said, if God just decides to put off somebody's light, just the way that um, the man was boasting, you know, boasting about what he has, boasting about his band, boasting about his achievements. You know. God said, you fool, this night, I'm requiring your soul of you. you know. So God has that ability. What a mighty God we serve. He has that ability. First Samuel 2, Verse 6, it says, the Lord brings both death and life. He brings to the grave, but raises others up. For God to be able to do this, that means self-sufficiency declares that he has authority. He has authority over life when you are born. He has authority over death. Everything is under his authority. Ten, and the last one says, God delivers. Psalm 34, verse 19. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. It says the power of life is in God. The same way the power of death is in God. You know, God can... God can kill, God can make alive. That is the God that we serve. That is the self-sufficient God that, that we serve. The same God that can kill, the same God can bring back to life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope we are all following and we are all together. Amen. Amen. 
and I've been, I'm, I'm really being blessed because God is making me understand a lot of things. When we understand the God that we serve, we walk in a different type of confidence. We walk, you know, in, we approach issues in a different way because of the understanding of the God that we have. When we understand that our God owns everything, that our God gives life, our God delivers, he can snatch somebody out of the jaws of death. I mean, if we decide to testify of how God has delivered us, what man may have said, ah, this one is impossible. God came through for us. That is what this understanding can give us, you know, the boldness and confidence to walk in the knowledge of the God that we serve. Praise God. All right. Um, benefits of trusting God's sufficiency. I will read 2 Timothy okay, 1, 12b. It says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. God is able to keep keep our faith. This was an interesting thing that, you know, that really came out to me. That um, blank space there, we say God is able to keep the faith that we have placed in him. Okay? God is able to keep the faith that we have placed in him. Then the next one, God is sufficient to deliver even when our faith is weak. When you put your faith, keep feeling, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, God keeps, very important, God keeps that faith. Not because we are faithful enough, but, be, but even, in, even if we are faithless, he abides faithful. Praise God. Praise God. What came out to me here is that God keeps our faith. Once we put our faith in him, he's faithful. He's sufficient in himself to keep that faith. We'll go on. It says, God has put your faith in a safety deposit box. Hmm, very interesting. And he keeps that faith even if you run out of faith. Praise God. I know when we are walking with God, we are holding God's hands. And he, he's also holding our hands. But there's something we should know that. As much as we think we're holding his hand and he's holding us, when we leave his hand, he doesn't leave us. You know. He doesn't leave us. So sometimes when we think maybe whatever we are doing, you know, is securing our position in God, 
even when you think you have stopped doing those things and you know I don't think God God's hands are still there when we think we have left him we just go back and read say God has put your faith that faith that you believed in him from the beginning he has kept that faith even when we run out of faith he has kept it for us he has kept it he's waiting for us he's faithful to keep that faith that we have put in him Praise God. Then now, um, how to walk in the sufficiency of God. While I was preparing for this um, study, I think God just, just included this because it wasn't part of what I wanted to to, to say and what I wanted to share today. But God knows all things and he knows why. Okay. Before I, you know, outline everything one at a time, I would just like to share what, you know, God was speaking to me. How to walk in the sufficiency of God. He says, walk with me, W-A-L-K, walk with me. How do you walk with someone? Don't feel yet, I'll, I'll tell you when to feel. You cooperate with me. I'm just trying to read what, you know, God was speaking to me. You cooperate with me, you talk with me, you understand me, be practical with me. You adore me. You appreciate me. Then God further went on to explain that we are too consumed with ourselves and our problems. And we forget that we are not sufficient in ourselves. So if we have problems, I mean, we know that the world is broken. But we beat ourselves so hard, like, you know, why this and why that? These things are bound to finish with us. But we should continually focus on God, the Almighty, who is inexhaustible and has no end. Amen. Who does not tire but is present to hear us when we call? But do we call or do we complain? Do we call on God or do we murmur? Do we do every other thing apart from pray? Let us pray. Let's call on the almighty God we serve. He's so more than able in our minds, we have excused God on some particular issues in our lives that 
this one, we have kept it somewhere, and we have said, ah, God, don't worry, eh? You have tried. We have classified some problems, like, God, thank you, you have tried. You have just resolved in your mind that God cannot do this one. So God wants us today to disabuse our minds. Like I tell my friends, let's begin to imagine. Because everything that we see came from an imagination. Let's begin to imagine a God, our almighty God, who formed all the mountains, who formed all the seas, who formed all the skies, who formed the whole earth. I hope we're imagining, no? Are we imagining? So, I mean, a God that can form a mountain. A God that can tell the seas, this is your boundary. The God we serve, he's suspending the clouds. I hope we're imagining that is the God that we serve. All right, so now, an activity. In our minds, let us just list out those things that, are, those things that we say are problems. In our minds. Seriously, because I'm going to ask some people to tell us about their problems now. So think about your problem, your, the so-called problem that is a problem. I mean, the most pressing thing, the thing that, you know, you go to God like, when you are praying, you know, I'm just praying, I know this one is, I know God, you have left that one. Think about that problem. Are we thinking? So now, Let's say this is the problem. Please, can we begin to match the problem? You know, when we used to do matching in school. Match the problem with your God. Okay. The people that are clapping will be the ones to talk because they have matched their problems. <laughs> Praise God. So match the problem with the God that is suspending the sky. Match the problem, hey, with the God that parted the sea, that made a wall in the sea. So we can see that we have such a mighty God, such an awesome God. So you can see what your imagination has done. It has made you realize that there is nothing 
There is nothing that is too hard for our God to do. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were confronting the king, they didn't say God cannot deliver. Say if he chooses not to. So that means God is able to deliver. So even if he chooses not, it doesn't change him from being God. Praise God. Another ministration I got was about prayer. We were supposed to watch a video, but I don't know if it can come up. It can't come up. The importance and the power of prayer. You know, most times when, when we face any challenge, no matter how small it is, no matter how small it is, if we can complain, we can pray. If that problem is small enough for you to complain, just change your mouth, you know, just maybe, just do the mouth like this and pray. This was what God was teaching me this week and it was just so interesting. As I was planning to complain, he said, pray. So I'm going to tell you the simple things that I prayed about. It's not uh, many further and die kind of prayer. The things that, you know, that bother you, that you want to complain about. Instead of you getting yourself in that complaint mood, that sad and discouraged mood, you pray about it. One of the incidences was, okay, by this time of the month, whatever it is, I don't know. I've even gone for checkup and all that. They have checked and checked. They said there's nothing on. But you know when you're not feeling fine, when you're not feeling well, you know. So in my mind, you know, sometimes subconsciously we just accept some things and take a position. And we don't even know that we have taken a position out of God's will. I'd already, you know, okay, this is part of, part of me. I have the pain relievers, I just pop them in and re-energize, you know. So that dull feeling started coming again. I said, oh, they even said I should come back this month and come for another test and all that and all that, you know. So I was already preparing my mind, okay, it has come. Let me start to prepare to be sick and, and go for the checkup. The Spirit of God said, have you prayed about this? I said, okay. Prayer. It had, it was just, I mean, I'm sure, um, I don't know if my husband should be tired now. There's one kind of illness that will just come. You're not having fever, you're not having malaria, but you are sick. You know? I said, have you prayed about it? Wow. You know? And apart from praying, we have communion and all that. So I just went, I took the communion, I blessed it. I said, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your, I mean, for even your grace for allowing me to think 
that this thing can happen like this. I took the communion and I prayed. I said, God, please heal me. I don't want to feel dull. I don't want to have to take any drug. I don't want to go for the checkup. You know, it's not like a, a sharp pain, like an arrow, but it's something I could have just overlooked, you know. The way the pain just, you know, the whole cloud just moved. I said, wow. So I'm not going to see the doctor. I'm not going for any checkup. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling okay. For me to be here by this time, I should have taken, at least I should have taken a pain, you know, something to just, you know, charge me up, make me strong. Then as the, as the medicine is wearing out, I will now take another one in the evening. You know, but I feel fine. You know. Then another practical one that happened on Saturday when we were having, um, when we were having rehearsal I was about to start complaining you know I saw they were burning a bush outside and the smoke was entering into the church I said hey how are we going to sing now with smoke everywhere entering our throats and you know so as I was processing it the voice came again why not pray I said eh, so what am I going to pray so that means they are they are all manner of prayers that we can pray that we are denying ourselves. So I started thinking, okay, so how am I going to pray now? I said, Father, I thank you. Lord, you can see the smoke. I don't want the smoke to come into the church. Father, I thank you because you are the God of the elements. Please send the wind that will just send the smoke to another place. While I was still contemplating, you know, communing with the prayer in my heart, I was seeing the smoke going, you know. So I could have been complaining, we would have been finding ourselves and all that. Did you pray? That should be the question. Did you pray? Some things we think that God doesn't have time for this, but if we have time to complain about it, we should have time to pray about it. And it further made me understand that it made it clearer to me. You know, there are some things we read in the Bible it says um, that we should pray without season. You know, we should pray without season. There's so much to pray about. There's just so much to pray about. So much. So much to thank God about. So the devil just comes and tries to, you know, distract us. When God says we should pray without season, there is a reason. There is a reason. There's always a reason to pray. There's always a reason to pray. Somebody was asking me, so how, how, will I, how am I going to be praying without season now? I will just be praying all the time. I said, yes. You, you may not start dancing and all those things. But what is prayer? 
You are communing with God. Ah, Father, you know I need to reach this place. There's confusion in this, uh, on this road. Lord, please, can you send angels? Angels to take away every confusion. Make a way for me, Lord. The things that weigh us down, those are the things that we should pray about. Our everyday life, our everyday activity. Praise God. All right, so let's go back to our outline. <laughs> Praise God. I believe I have been blessed. I hope you have been blessed. I have been blessed. So number one, just like what I read, walk with God. Number two, cooperate with God. Number three, talk with God. I hope I'm not too fast. Number one, walk with God. Number two, cooperate with God. Number three, talk with God. Number four, understand God. Number five, be practical with God. Number four, understand God. Number five, be practical with God. Number six, adore God. Number seven, appreciate God. Praise God. All right, so I have just one question. I just need a few people, maybe one or two, with the illustration we gave to share on what their new view and approach is to whatever issues that you are facing. So, do I have some lovely hands? <laughs> okay, praise God. Okay, we have another hand at the back there. What is your new view? How will you encourage us now? Praise God. Hallelujah. Mine is, um, I'll imagine who God is, and whatever the uh, problem is I'm going through, I'll match it with who he is and compare it to, to him. So I know how to go about it now. Then complaining, I just imagine who the mighty God is, bring the problem and compare it to him. So comparing my problem with God shows that, you know, it's nothing to, to him. That means he can solve it all by himself amen amen hallelujah amen who else okay there's a hand at the back there praise the lord hallelujah uh, mine happened um, something happened to me yesterday um i was here on saturday I testify to what God did for me. And um, yesterday being Tuesday, 
my son's wife called me all the way from Cross River State that her son was having a severe stomach pain, severe one. I was in the office, severe pain that she was rushing the child to the hospital. When she told me this, I was a little bit panicking, but through the help of God and by his grace, I sat down, like what you said, that the Holy Spirit reminds you, have you prayed? I tell you, have you prayed concerning this issue? I just sat on my seat. I brought out my Bible. Then I opened to Matthew chapter 15, verse 13, which says, and Jesus answered and said, every tree my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Amen. And I started praying with that version of the Bible that was so reverting. God has not planted in the life of that child. Should be rooted up to the glory of God. And I keep on calling them. I keep on praying. Keep on calling them to the glory of God. That severe pain went off. Praise and God. I called them again this morning. Said the child is perfectly okay. Amen. That is the essence of what God can do in our life through prayers. Mm. Once <laughs> God did not say because we have accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior that there will be no tribulations. A lot of tribulations will come our way. We should rejoice. Why? Because Christ has overcome the world. That is why we needed to pray for whatever situation that comes our way. I know Satan, the devil, will come. He wants to bring his rubbish thoughts in our heart. To say, ah, then you start panicking. But when you calm down, you allow the Holy Spirit to minister unto you. I tell you, victory will surely be ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So do we have any other hand? Okay, we have two over here. Over here. Okay, we have three. Four. Okay, I think. Uh, Praise the Lord. That would be it. Four. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So my new view um, it's um, concerning the fact that uh, every little details about my life is important to God. So there are some things I feel I should keep aside and handle it by myself, and I think God is not interested in them. And from today's teaching, I, I, I just know that everything I should, even before I take steps, you know, I should always ask and, you know, and tell him about it so that he can lead me properly on how to go about it in my daily lives. Amen. Praise God. Everything about us is important to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to share this view passage that says, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, God keeps that faith. Even though we are not faithful enough, but he does it because he's a faithful God. I remember a certain time I was asking God for a particular thing and his message came to me that if I can do this thing, 
he will do that which, he asks, which I'm asking of him. So I tried to do those things, but I wasn't really faithful enough to keep to that. But because he is a faithful God, his word still came to pass in my life, and he did that which he promised. So even in our faith, my faithlessness, he was still a faithful God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Next person. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, there's this particular scripture I've been chewing on since Sunday. And um, today, just the scripture just came straight alive. And it's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. And it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And, you know, all kinds of prayers. I kept thinking about all kinds of prayers, all kinds of prayers. And you've just confirmed and, like, clarified it that, indeed, all kinds of prayers. There's no limitation to what I can ask God to do. Every kind of prayer should be brought to God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm, I'm being so blessed. I'm really blessed. What was the verse? Ephesians what? 6, 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Okay. All kinds of prayer. Thank you. Next person. Praise God. Okay. First of all, I, I want to thank God for the opportunity to be here. And I'm hearing this. You know, Throughout this week, I've been getting lots of ministration, and one of the things God said to me was about complaining instead of praying. You know, God reminded me of what Pastor said when he said that someone came to his office and complained, cry, you know, do all the drama. And then he said to her, have you cried and you know, all this drama? Have you done the same thing to God? You know, it came so clear, and like, okay. I have to pray instead of um, complaining. And I started praying about everything, everything, everything. I have some stuff that were not working. Like, okay, God, this AC needs to work. What is happening? Let it work, you know? Amen. So I'm so happy. It, it makes me feel that God has got my back. I'm happy to know that God is concerned about the things that I worry about. And he has gone ahead to confirm that he's with me anytime. So I'm really happy to be here today. Thank praise you. God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Pray, praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Continuing from where Tega finished, you know, stopped now talking about, about complaining. You know, there's a tendency, a tendency for us to complain so much about what's going on in the country. We sit down with people and where everybody's talking about. Everybody has, has a view. It includes me too. You know, and I think Going from what we've learned today, and really something I felt God saying to me, this, just this afternoon, I was somewhere and it turned on the TV, and the person was, you know, went on about Buhari and had an opinion, you know, everybody has an opinion, and I felt God saying to me, too much talk, let's go and pray about this, pray for, our, the, the Bible says we should pray for our leaders anyway, so rather than complain about the petrol, about the the cost of everything we can spend time praying and just trust God for the issues that we have rather than talking about talking about it with each other we don't do anything praise God praise God hallelujah that was the last hand 
Yeah? One more person. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, actually, today I'm, I'm happy and I will say I'm blessed. You know, it seems as if the preaching was for me. And <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's all about me. When you said, don't go about complaining about your problem, just pray about it. You know, I, I once had a friend that I believe so much in that whenever I have this issue, if I don't run to him and say, this is how it is, this is how it is, I believe he's not really, it's not that he's going to solve it, but once he's saying, it's okay, it's fine, I believe I'm fine. So I, when you said, don't complain to anybody, just pray, I believed in my heart that instead of running to this person and saying, it's like this, why don't you pray to God? And I just kept quiet and I said a prayer about a particular thing and I believe in my heart is done. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, last and final. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, my own, uh, what I got today is, uh, is about the privilege to worship God, you know, as a child of God and we need to get this part that we, we should have a heart of worship to God, in, even in line of our prayers too, you know, so it's a privilege. So we should take that uh, privilege to worship him and actually do it. And for me, I still choose to worship God. And despite all the situations and trials and all of that, I will worship him. Amen. Praise God. I will just read something here. Says pray without ceasing because that is what makes us different from the unbeliever. Instead of complaining, we should commune with God in prayer. Invite God into the situation immediately. He is waiting because he has the answer and the solution to what we are cracking our heads about. We need to pray and commit even what we are thinking about for his guidance. Total dependence on his everything, on him for everything. Even the things that we think we know, and even the things that we think we fully have a grip of, he can make it so much better and outstanding. A simple prayer as, Father, help me. He holds the whole universe in his hand. Is the God of all creation. The God of all creation. Is there anything that is too hard for him to do? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow. 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 So I think we should uh, move on to the commit. Praise God. So we can write. All right, let's commit. Let's write. I commit to living my life every day. Uh, 
Are we together? Oh, it wasn't supposed to be there. You were supposed to write it with your hand, though. Okay, so let's read it together. One, two, go. To live in my life every day, through every situation, in the consciousness that I serve an all-sufficient God, who is with me and who is more than able to meet me at the point of my needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.